Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Well, hi, this is Robin, Robin Stratton-Burkessel, and today I'm doing part two with Jürgen Burkessel. Um, He's been my muse and my digital strategist for the last eight years. Um, So yes, you are listening to Positivity Strategist. And these last two episodes have been special as I've shared some of the strategies that I've been lucky enough to get exposed to, to help my presence on the web and reach more people with my message of positive change in the world through the tools and methodologies that I use um, and approaches that really help position my work and reach lots of people. And it's Jürgen who's helped me do that. So, Jürgen, welcome back. (laughs) Thanks for having me back. I'm your husband, but uh, (laughs) thanks for having me back anyway. (laughs) Oh, I was keeping that a secret. Oh, you were? (laughs) (laughs) Jürgen Berkessel as the guest is uh, unrelated to Robin Stratton Berkessel. Well, that's fun. So, everybody, the secret's out. We're life partners and business partners, too. So, I'm really happy um, so that, you know, my listeners get to hear some of your wisdom again. And by the way, um, a number of people have reached out and said how helpful this last episode was to oh, them. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, and they're kind of intrigued about learning more about the intricacies and the ins and outs of working in this digital space. And so let me just say to those of you who may have missed out, the last episode with Jürgen, and if you're, you are curious about improving your online presence or broadening your reach, you might like to go back and listen to that episode, which was episode um, 89, PS 89, um, and you'll get some good background there. So um, let me just summarize then that Jürgen's business is to help authors and business owners and entrepreneurs, um, bloggers, podcast, video creators, anyone who's, who's out there and wanting to put content out into the world because they really are passionate about what they do. Um, he helps people like us grow their digital presence. So last time, Jürgen, um, we ended and you remarked, um, it was kind of like in conclusion, and I said, hey, you've got to come back and let's talk more about this. But you were saying that it always blows your mind that people have this resistance to learning. Well, you know, you've found that people have this resistance to learning a little bit about the marketing and SEO side of things after they've invested and spent countless hours creating their amazing content. And you say that um, the time invested just to bring their amazing content out into the, into the public forum more on the web is just a drop in the bucket compared to the actual investment and time that people put into creating their content in the first place. So if I can summarize, it's almost like you see this as a lost opportunity and it really doesn't take that much. So... Um, I mean, I know you, obviously, and I know it's you want people to have their work and creations visible and discoverable. So let me put the question to you. Um, if people, if anyone, someone comes to you and they ask, how can my content be more visible and easily found on the web? What's a good place for them to start? <laughs> 
Well, I, I think we all suffer from this disconnect between wanting to create content and the satisfaction that we get from creating content that is great and serves a purpose, is informative, that we're passionate about and that we want to put out there. And then the second part of it, the promotional part of it, we shy away from. Because the secret is really simple. I've recently, I, I take a lot of courses myself in digital marketing and in the digital space. And I came across one recently that basically just summed it up in two parts. It's really just that simple. Create great content and then promote that content. And where we often disconnect is the promotion part. You know, we think we're done, you know, like we've created this wonderful piece of content and, you know, uh, rubbing my hands together. We're finished with it and we just publish it out there and then something will happen. And it's not quite as simple as that. We do actually need to actively promote it. And for some people that takes place on social media and we have lots of ways in making sure that online as well, people link to it or find it or that at least we give the search engines a chance to index and represent and store our content and, and unearth it to site visitors you know, in the best possible way. We want to give them the best chance possible to make sure that the content that we spent all this time creating is in fact discoverable to the best of our ability. And that doesn't take that as much as people think. And um, so maybe to hone in on one, I mean, I've just gone through, I've just gotten finished uh, with creating my own SEO course in this case, one for podcasters, and I'm working on the next one that's for small businesses and bloggers, where I go into some of these strategies. And you can basically combine, you know, summarize these strategies into the technical portions of it in terms of what you have to do on your website and what you have to do inside the content and keyword research and things like that. That's pretty boring maybe for a discussion like this, but it's what the course teaches as a fundamental prerequisite before moving on to the higher level conceptual ways of promoting your content. And one of those is something called cornerstone content, or some people call it the Redwood strategy. So that's more chunking up to a, a higher purpose and a way of creating themed content that has a, that really, really increases your ability to have what you write about discovered. And I'll just interrupt you. What, when you say cornerstone content, could you just say what that is? Or you're, perhaps you're about to... Yeah, it's, it's worth explaining. I guess one way to look at cornerstone content is to have... It's, it's similar to having a hero post or to have several fundamental... That's why it's cornerstone. A cornerstone in a building is the most important uh, part. And it connects blocks. all mm -hmm. the other parts, mm -hmm. right? So it's a building block strategy. Mm -hmm. It also could be looked at as a spider web, meaning that you have a central piece of content to which all your other content links. Mm. And it's that, that spider web and the linkage that is created between your content. So if you have one really long, really authoritative, really um, definitive 
piece of content, a page, a post, a manifesto, and you know maybe we'll go into what are some of the ideas around how do you come up with what that piece of content could be or should be. Mm-hmm. But you know the idea behind it is that you're giving search engines a context. Search engines, when they crawl through your site, say, aha, this post is linked to by all the other posts. It must be very important. Mm. And so search engines will favorably rank that. Um, and then there's also the length of the content itself. So if you're having a 100-word article or a very quick blog post, it's very unlikely that that is the definitive answer to someone's search So cornerstone content, sort of, that's what you're trying to create. You're trying to create the best content possible for someone searching for a particular key phrase. So uh, creating cornerstone content then breaks down into doing a little bit of research around what keywords are most meaningful and opportunistic for you, meaning lots of people look for them, but they have a low keyword difficulty score, meaning that the sites that rank on page one for those key phrases are sites that you can compete with, you know, not like Wikipedia and YouTube or Google or, you know, sites that are super popular that if they all occupy page one of a particular key phrase, you're unlikely with a smaller blog or with a small business site to be able to compete with that. But the strategy then is to do keyword research in a way where you're looking for longer tail keywords, in other words, key phrases that uh, allow you to that allow you to rank for a term that still people type into the search engines, and where you can actually then have a chance with your site and the authority that your site already has to get on page one of the search results. And then what you want to do is have the best possible, most definitive, most authoritative piece of content in answer to what the likely question was that this person was looking for or the piece of information that they're searching for. Mm -hmm. And uh, so length of the article matters in that regard. You know, Google will probably not consider a 100-word answer as favorably as when somebody has a Mm 2,000-word article that explores the topic in great detail. Mm -hmm. But the the good news is people used to think that I have to create lots of content very frequently and post two or three times a a week in order for my site to be discovered. And that is no longer true with the Google algorithm changes and their new rolled out rank brain is what they call it. Quality of content far outweighs the quantity of content. Mm -hmm. And quality of content is measured by how people engage how long they stay on your page, how far down they scroll. So if you can capture their attention and keep it, that is the most important thing for Google to recognize and promote your content as being highly relevant and of high quality. That's how quality is defined in sort of Google's view. And I've read somewhere that you said that um, a powerful vehicle to create this corner or, to, or mindset to have around cornerstone content is to take a holistic approach. So what do you want to be known for? And, you know, what's the robust content that you're going to have that has the authority? Um, it, it relates to a certain category and there are other posts or um, 
articles or podcasts or whatever it is that exists on your site that link to this robust piece of solid content that you want to be known for and you want the search engines to find so when i'm thinking so what i was reading about holistic that you just sit don't sit down there and just start creating but you're really thinking about how do i link want to link this to other pieces or i want other pieces to link into it how do i want people to um, respond to this Uh, so uh, um Mm -hmm. And, you know, it might also link to what is the purpose of the cornerstone content. So, you know, is the purpose to, to, to not only be an authority or to be recognized for what it is that you're writing about, but maybe it's your particular point of view or your particular philosophy or your particular um, practice or a book that you've written or something like that. And I'm just wondering whether or not the holistic piece means to have that integrated strategic approach to what you're doing with your content yes absolutely and i think it needs to be representative and purposeful so content with a purpose is a definition of inbound marketing where the idea is that your readers and audience is served by the content that you present so Often it's a point of view where it is more about your visitors or your readers than maybe about your business or about what you do or how you do it. So answering questions is is one way to think about it. And then to tie it back to your own brand and to your own business purpose is the trick. And there are a number of approaches that people are using to create cornerstone content. And obviously, it's something that's essential. It should be a piece of content that's an essential explanation of your philosophy, of your business practice, of an approach that you might have. And it's also meant to attract a reader and get them to know, like, and trust you, perhaps to the point where they want to sign up for your blog, perhaps where you have a content upgrade that they will opt in to with their email address so the purpose is really engagement and uh, engagement of of the audience and so one here a couple of suggestions maybe practical applications of of how to come up with this for example if you have a business site with a blog or if you have a blog or you're a blogger or even a podcaster often sites are organized into categories and One good way to identify cornerstone content potential is to go through and look at your categories and how they are organized and then create a single piece of cornerstone content for each category. You know, what is the definitive, your definitive reason for having organized your own content around a particular category? Presumably it is because that correct category speaks to an entire aspect of your business or of your philosophy, of your vision. So write about that category and create a long, definitive post that explains that category to your site visitors that gets them to engage with it. And then the the trick with Cornerstone content is that you need to identify other pieces in your content universe that can link to it. So the the it's not an outbound link strategy. You don't want to when you do want to link from your cornerstone content to other external or internal sites, but it's more important 
that Google and search engines recognize that this is a central piece of content that a lot of other content links to. So mm. that makes it easy, right? You go into the posts that are already in this category and you update them. You go backwards in time and update them with links to the new cornerstone content piece that explains the entire category of these posts. So having just a few of those can be very, very effective, especially if you do the, there's a keyword research component that precedes this to make sure that people actually are looking for the key phrase that you will eventually rank for. But we've seen this work time and time again to where our clients and, and you know, users' websites are receiving 60% or more of their traffic from these cornerstone articles, from search, from the search terms and key phrases that these cornerstone articles stand for. Mm. So I wonder if you could give us a specific example from any of your clients that you're working with about how you're helping them um, create this robust piece of content, um, cornerstone content. <laughs> sure. Well, one example that we're in the process of creating mm -hmm. right now is for a healthcare provider who is writing about holistic healthcare. And we did some keyword research and found that uh, you know, holistic health provider and some keywords around the phrase holistic health are not as difficult to rank for as other keywords mm -hmm. in the health healthcare space. Mm -hmm. And so what we found was a keyword for optimal health and a whole strategy around creating several videos which they like to do they like to shoot videos and that's a good way to then transcribe the video and basically create a smaller post from it and so they created a whole lot of posts around optimal health journaling around exercises around you know how families and and parents can you know can find time enough to exercise, food and diet considerations for optimal health. So you get the idea. They had a whole theme mm. going around optimal health, and we. So I can see how this links to categories now. Yeah. Mm. So the you know opt, optimal health mm. is a category that we created mm. for them. But, but nutrition but, might be a category, and yes, fitness exactly, might be a category, and exactly. diet for might them, be a and category. That's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so now, the the but now the cornerstone piece, which is still in progress now winds up being an optimal health manifesto, ah. right? So we have a couple of ideas. Maybe I can go through some of the ideas of what could be the, the central piece. You know, mm -hmm. for them now, it's that they have the surrounding pieces which are already ranking on the search engines. After only a month and a half or two, the four or five other pieces of their content on optimal health, um, an, an optimal health topic supporting what the cornerstone key uh, cornerstone post will be they already exist and now we're in the process of launching a really long definitive two three thousand word long post on their optimal health manifesto so a manifesto post winds up being a good cornerstone concept mm. because it's what you believe and why you believe it mm. you know it really allows you to outline what you're passionate about mm. 
and where those beliefs come from and maybe what your own personal journey has been and maybe some examples of how your patients or clients might have experienced mm. you know a similar journey and have benefited from your mm. particular point of view on it so you, you follow what i'm mm. the, the the manifesto post is one form of cornerstone content and that, and that was for a particular example now there's some others like a resource guide a definitive resource guide to great. your topic right that these could are great be, ideas yeah this could be you know curation of external and internal links sites, videos, podcasts, books, and then you describe them a little bit in detail around what connected for you on that particular resource and why you liked it. And you link out to those mm. resources and give some reasons as to why you think these are the best resources out there. So that makes it fairly easy to come up with an extensive list of Uh, of things that you think are valuable to your mm -hmm. reader or valuable to your listener if you have a podcast. Um, research results post or research results episode is where you compile you know, your own research but also other people's research and compare and contrast what people have studied and what they have found on a particular topic that is central to your business and you can be very magnanimous and present other people's views as well as your own, or maybe justify why you don't agree with, mm. you know, other other research mm. results as much or what your particular take of sure. it is. Mm. Um, now, tutorials are another good thing. You can create multi-part tutorials on a particular topic that your site might be about. So in the for the healthcare providers, for example, they had a lot of do-at-home exercises on another topic mm -hmm. and created small videos on the do it do this at mm -hmm. home. But then there was a larger post around how these all tie together and why, uh, mm -hmm. in this case, it was chiropractic and spinal health, why a patient's participation is critical and you cannot solve a lot of these issues just with going to the doctor or taking medicine. So again, they had this holistic health approach to suggesting patient involvement and had created a whole series around justifying that. And then there's one central long post that becomes the cornerstone piece of content around that concept. Mm -hmm. um, now, another one could be crowdsourced influencers. This, mm -hmm. is, this is one from the podcast world, but it works just as well uh, for bloggers. And that's where... You might get, you might email out to influencers in your space that you have a little bit of a relationship with and invite them to record a brief snippet on answer a question that you raise. So you can have a single question answered in short form. And there's a technology, something called a tool called SpeakPipe, which you can have on your site and people can record a message into on your website. And it makes it very easy and not at all time consuming for someone to be able to help you. Mm -hmm. So you can reach out to an influencer in your space and you say, what's your take on X? And they, you know, could you, you know, I'd really appreciate if you would help me. I'm putting together this guide on X and would love to have your view. Mm -hmm. And if people then leave their messages on SpeakPipe on your site, 
you can create either an audio episode or you can create a long blog post that basically mm-hmm. allows people to read what are the influencers in this mm-hmm. space, what's their favorite take on this subject, or what's their best piece of advice on the subject. So there, so these are some of the ideas of how you could. That's a nice one because there, that's content. kind of like a, there's a reciprocal benefit there because you're exposing somebody else and perhaps linking to their site because you're quoting them. So I think you know that's. Um, Absolutely, and yeah, that's, you know those inbound links yeah. are highly valuable. And if you if you have a piece of cornerstone content that you can get other people to link to, not just you know not just supporting it with links from your own website, mm-hmm. but with people externally that are having their own sites, that's mm-hmm. the non plus ultra. Mm-hmm. That's really the 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 best way in which to get a piece of content to rank very quickly and move up the search engine That's ranked. great, yeah. So, Jürgen, is there anything else on um, Cornerstone content that you'd like to share today? Because that's just that's just going to be, we're just going to do the one topic, I think. Um, you've given us some great tips around that. And then I, um, so, yeah, I'll just ask if there's anything else you wanted to add. I mean, there are lots more, there are lots more aspects to mm-hmm. it in terms of the technical SEO piece that I said was a prerequisite to it, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't all that hard to learn. I'll give a shameless plug for my course for podcasters that's already out and the upcoming one for small businesses mm-hmm. and for you know marketers to utilize some of these techniques to really build their online presence. And that's that course covers a lot of the technical requirements and processes and tools that people can Mm -hmm. use that make it easy to uh, focus on what people really like which is hey how can I either create more great content and how can I Mm. weave it together in a way that becomes visible quickly so the so the course that you're referring to so just say more about the course how could people like I'll put a link on the show notes page to it what's the course called that you've just finished the course is called um, SEO Marketing for Podcasters, uh-huh. and it is a, basically on how to grow your show and your subscribers and your listens as well as your podcast site rank in using SEO and search engine technologies mm-hmm. because what most podcasters and you know don't realize is that your podcast growth after the initial launch period has to take place outside of iTunes and the iTunes environment. Mm-hmm. And having your podcast be discoverable on the web mm-hmm. becomes a primary way of, mm-hmm. a, a primary tool in your marketing mix. Mm-hmm. And we are creating a version for bloggers and marketers of that course, which is similar, but is focused more on blogging and small business mm-hmm. techniques to do the same thing, mm-hmm. to basically ensure that people's content and site is highly visible and discoverable on search engines in addition to having paid marketing in Mm. our marketing mix, which is something that if you stop the payments of the paid marketing, the traffic stops as well. And that's why we are so positive and bullish on using SEO as a fundamental uh, baseline before you branch into paid advertising yeah you mentioned that last time so i encourage people to go back and listen to that great insight i mean you actually had some really great things that you mentioned last time and i just wanted to focus in on the robust cornerstone content today um and um, give you an opportunity to talk about you know your content that you're creating um and so with this course it's 
I mean, there's a lot of you talk about um, the technology stuff, but it's really basically a lot of tools that people. There are so many resources out there that people can, if they had the capacity or the interest, um, the bandwidth to be able to use them themselves, they could actually do this quite easily. And it takes a lot of, um, you know, understanding the intricacies and the connections between what search engines are looking for and how you come up with the keywords and all that kind of stuff. There's a, so there's a lot of background information as well as the tools that facilitate it to happen. Yeah, you, you make it sound a little scary. I think for, you know, I think for most people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for most people, if I want to leave you with one thing, please, and that is that don't think of SEO as something that a geek does for you. Uh-huh. Right. Because that's, you know, it's true. You can hire an SEO geek to do some of this mm-hmm. for you. But if you yourself are involved in content creation and chances are that you that mm-hmm. you are. I mean, a lot of your listeners, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my clients, they may have small businesses. They may not have a lot of time. They may think of SEO as something that really is not in their bailiwick or not their responsibility. But the thing is, mm-hmm. SEO is not entirely outsourceable. You, you mm-hmm. should understand how it works. Mm-hmm. You should understand key phrases and mm-hmm. what they are and how people come across you on the web and how mm-hmm. you are discoverable. And it doesn't mean that you have to learn every last techni- technical detail of how to update your site and get it to work technically. But I think understanding the principles behind it so that you can create content mm-hmm. that, is, that has a purpose so that you can create content that is discoverable. Mm-hmm. You know, those are things that you need to be aware of when you're creating mm-hmm. this content as mm-hmm. you're writing it. And so therefore, sort of a baseline of SEO knowledge is a very useful thing. Even if you then hire someone else to do it, even if you hire somebody else to SEO optimize, it still is almost a requirement that you understand a little bit about it and a little bit about how it works and and mm-hmm. what has to be done plus you know you have a far better way of engaging with anyone who mm-hmm. does the work for you if you understand the principles behind it no i totally agree because i i have adopted that practice and i know that i can't write anything now without thinking about well what's this <laughs> what's the keyword yeah, that i want this piece of content <laughs> to be ranking for meaning it's going to be more easily found on the web so i'm very conscious of that and all the other things that you've taught me about and and i think we alluded to this last time uh, about using the the keywords and the title and the heading twos and, you know, throughout the post. So, I mean, it's a practice. It's like anything. If you want to be very good at playing the piano or doing yoga or mindfulness meditation, it's all about um, coming up, coming up, coming to terms yeah. with what are the best practices and what do I need to focus on so that I can pr- improve my own skill set, my own knowledge set, my own um, practice to be able to do this in a better way. Yes. So I, I know mm-hmm. that from experience. And it does become a mindset. You become far more conscious of it and um, it gets easier. Yeah, so it's, it's not it's that hard. It's hard to do it after the fact. And I think that, you know, I want to compliment you because you're doing the research, you know, as you, I mean, often you you may not be planning far ahead, you know, and, and that's if, if you're a marketing agency like us, you know, we plan 
a six-month-long cornerstone content strategy, which is also what's covered in the course on how to create that so that you, you, know, you have a longer game plan and it becomes a little bit easier. You, you do all of the keyword research and some of these technical tasks at one time and map out a half a year's worth of themes that you might write on and it becomes easier to execute. Yeah, but that that's good. not necessary. <laughs> you know, but what is necessary, yeah. it's harder to do it after you've published a piece of content right. and then have to go back. Yeah. So at the very least... And, and you're doing this brilliantly, you know, do, as you're writing or before you're writing or shortly before you're publishing, you're looking up the keywords, you're, you're refining the content in a way that makes it more discoverable shortly before you publish it. And I think that's a really good practice to get it. But in. there are tools that help you understand the value of those keywords yes, and absolutely. how easily yeah. they are to rank for, how difficult they are. So they're the kind of things that you teach in your course. And so that's what I was referring to about there are there are tools of of the profession, if you like, you know, just like in my world we have you know principles that we work with. Yes, and, and I mean there are lots of you know, we I'm I'm a tools geek of course and so I actually keep the tool recommendations down to a minimum because the philosophy that I deployed there was is that what's affordable, first of all, mm. because, you know, some of these tools can cost hundreds of dollars a month in subscription mm. fees. And for most people, that's just not reasonable if they're running mm. a blog or a content strategy that, uh, you know, that, that doesn't, you know, that's just about something they're passionate about. But there are tools out there that are both affordable and far ranging mm -hmm. and basically allow you to save so much time that the investment is a no-brainer. Yeah. So, Jürgen, thank you again. And can you just finally say um, how people can find you, you know, your website, and if you just want to talk about your the course that you're that, that where <laughs> people can, can learn all about this. You can find it on polymash.com. That's P-O-L-Y-M-A-S-H.com. And there's a link in the menu for courses, and you can peruse the uh, the available courses that I'm launching there in addition to some of the SEO and content and strategy services that we provide. And there are lots and lots of really good blog posts about all this. If people are interested to start to dive in a little more and think, well, how can I take some responsibility and make different choices about getting my content optimized out there on the web? So I recommend go and check out Jürgen's <laughs> website, polymash.com. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jürgen. By the way, what episode was this? This is episode um, 90. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, this is um, positivitystrategist.com slash PS90, your episode 90. Congratulations. Almost to 100. I Can't know. Wait. It's very exciting. <laughs> well, bye for now. Bye. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember, what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best. <laughs>